Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. Glad you are uh, joining us, both myself and my co-host. We are both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays helping people like yourself. We broadcast on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. So this program is about financial matters. Our hope and goal is that uh, each time you listen, you learn something. And hopefully it's somewhat entertaining, but hope our, 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 we've been doing this a long time, 26 years broadcasting in, in large part, it's obviously it's good promotion for us as an organization, but we try not to make it about us. It's really about helping you uh, make make good choices with your finances. And by us as an organization, we're practicing financial advisors. So we don't try to hide that or disguise that. Um, but unlike many of the financial talk shows you'll hear on the radio, we are not here to pitch index annuities or or life insurance as investment. Nor are we to say that this whole way of doing things is wrong. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Actually, a lot of the financial planning shows that are on radio and podcast that sell a lot of fear. uh, You know, that at the end of the day, they're selling index. And that's right. Yeah. They try to scare you. Like I hear what, like one, you're, you're, you can't afford to have a portfolio decline by a certain percent. Yeah. Like, well, why, maybe you, I don't know. Maybe you can. Well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the index annuity didn't create anything special inside of it. They just packaged it, but a bunch of different moving parts. I mean, the downside to protection doesn't come at zero cost. I have insurance in some areas of life, and in other areas of life, I don't have insurance. That's right. So, I want you. To, I wanted to start off by imagine this: you're in a room with a hundred people. You're an observer in a room of a hundred people. Every person has a quarter. And one we're quarter. Try- a, one quarter. Okay. And we're trying, and we want to determine who in that room is the best coin flipper. And you uh-huh. tell the tell the group, look, I would like everyone to flip a coin and land on heads. Random hundred people in a room. Did you do this in an econ class in high school and or college? Not physically, but this is an old analogy. And okay. Some of you have probably heard it before. But what's what would happen, obviously, is the first time, it's going to be 50-50. Right? Half, the, half the group is going to have heads. It might be a slightly yeah, higher. Right, depending upon the size of the group. All right. Is a million people, it's going to be 50-50. If it's a million people, right, it's 50 Okay, fine. If it was but 10 people. Is, you keep flipping the coin, there's going to be someone that flips heads multiple times in a row. So what that means Right, and especially if that group gets smaller and smaller and smaller, those that actually continue to live, flip heads gets. So, if there were a hundred people in the room and everyone flipped the coin, statistically, fifty percent comes up heads, fifty percent tail. I'm going to ask everyone with heads to leave. 50- tails to leave because you, you took my analogy. Now you're running with it. And you're switching it. It was the heads. We want them to get heads. <laughs> okay, they keep going. Sorry about that. <laughs> so my point is with this. Obviously, there's going to be the last man or woman standing, the one who flipped the most heads. The question I have to you, was that luck or was that skill? And if you can't answer that question, 
Good luck to you. <laughs> right. I hate to say it, man. <laughs> Can I don't know how to help you. <laughs> please, please turn the channel. Yeah, right. Uh, but what ends up happening is people choose investment managers based on performance. And the question is, their recent performance, was that skill or was that luck? Because there obviously has to be some element of that with professional managers, just like there's, there's the element of that in flipping coins. Some element of luck. Correct. And the question is, is it all luck? When you look at over a period of time, most actively managed, actively managed mutual funds do not do better than the underlying indexes they're trying to beat. And if you think about this, <laughs> Morningstar, which is a mutual fund rating company, part of what they do. If you look at, this is according to, this is a Wall Street Journal. Was this Wall Street? It was a Wall Street Journal article. Meb Faber pointed this out, analyst. The Morningstar, the fund managers of the decade through 2010. So we look, who are the fund managers of the decade? So you're thinking, I'm going to, I want to make sure my portfolio is managed well. I'm, I'm going to look at five-star funds. I want good ratings. I'm, track records are really important to me. So I want good track record. And actually, why don't I look, maybe there's an independent company who's going to go ahead and, and rate these for me. So hey, this is perfect. Morningstar does the fund managers of the decade. And Between in 2000 and so 2010. I'm, we're going over the last 22 decades here, right? Yep. So if you look at those, not one of them managed to meet the market over the next 10 years. Not one. In fact, one of the best of them became the worst of them. Yeah, there's five top managers of the decade. Not one outperformed the, the market the next decade. So you're what you're saying is the best performing ones were. Look, if you want to, if you want to have a portion of your portfolio with some managed positions, great. And may, maybe you're going to have a good manager is going to do something well. What brought this to my attention, Art, and while I'm bringing it to someone else's attention, is Kathy Wood, who she's like the latest um, superstar when it comes to investment management. She's the Peter Magellan of uh, 2020s. And the uh, Janice Young Hayes of, Helen Young Hayes. Yes. Of Janet, Janet, she was, they, they come, depending on the periods of time. Peter, uh, Peter Lynch was brilliant because he retired at the top. He didn't wait. He, didn't he wait. probably kind of like, oh. <laughs> he had read the article. I had, I flipped coins 10 times in a row. I got heads 10 times in a row. I am quitting. He did, uh, didn't he? He quit. Oh, yeah. Right when he was doing fantastic. But this fund, uh, she, she went from three and a half billion under management right before the pandemic hit. So just about a year and a half ago to 50 billion a year later. Okay. So investors liked what she was doing. They started throwing money into her uh, fund. They said, oh, goodness, this is fantastic. Uh, I want in on this action. And by the time most of the money arrived, the hot stocks that she was owning started going backwards. 
And so when you look at how the group of investors have done with her, they they are it, it, their performance is worse than they would have just had an index to begin with. So they're underperforming. They are, her right now. Well, Scott, but this excuse me, this proves the theory that most investors actually underperform the funds that they invest in because of when they buy them and when they sell them. They buy the ones who are they have the hot hand that have unactively traded. Not the ones, not the the seasoned investment manager who's been underperforming, he or she, that might be the best one to be buying right now because the certain sector that they think are great for the future, just the rest of the market hasn't caught on yet. Which is why there's an argument for a large portion of your core portfolio, you should use index funds. And don't chase these hot things. I mean, you can if you want to, if you want to watch your wealth fall. Or if you're really super lucky and you think you can flip a coin Heads, get heads time, 10, 10 times, times in, a in a row. And if you can, let me know, because maybe we'll hire you to... Just, anyway. All right, so... Be I careful. wanted to start with that, because I read these stories, and it's like... It's frustrating. And then you, you, and then you, read these, you hear these stories, and you, they're real people behind all these investors. They're not people with hundreds of millions of dollars that can afford to make losses. Sometimes it's just someone with $5,000 hoping to change their lifestyle based upon this one investment. And if you're 30 and it's five grand, you could afford to have this lesson. If you're 55, 60, 65. Yeah, don't do it. I mean, every, every day you hear about, and somehow there's $50 billion. I, I would bet, I'll take a bet with anyone who would like, would like to, that over the next five years, her performance is going to be subpar at best. I have nothing against Kathy Woods. Don't know anything about her. But I know quite a bit about how financial markets work. So, enough of that. Anyway, let's. Uh, this program is designed about calls. And have we given our number out yet? No. 833-99-WORTH if you'd like to join the show. 833-999-6784. And we'll get you on the air. And... Uh, we're about to go to talk to a gentleman named Scott. Obviously, my name's Scott. We have a lot of Scots at Allworth for some reason. And I noticed an email that came to me yesterday. It came to, it was the poor guy who typed the email, sent it to four Scots. Scott Hansen, Scott, Scott Collins, <laughs> really? Scott Lamb, Scott Guyrich. Yes. Why? Did he not know which Scott he was talking to? Or Well, I, he did. He, he, wanted, he wanted all four of those Scots. But I thought... Oh, I apologize. I'm not changing my name, by the way, and I don't think the Scott I'm we're going to. Well, talk don't to. apply for a job at Allworth if your name is Scott. We've got way too many Scots now. There is some sort of discrimination. I apologize. Don't drag me in. But you do. How many Scots do you know are 25? No, they're all between like 45 and 65. Yeah, maybe in mid 50s. We only I'm like I, the median age of Scott 54. So, they're yeah, we'll but we have out. a bunch of young people named Kyle and Trevor too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then uh, younger kids are even different names i can't even think of some yes we have a, uh, my daughter's uh, friend she's twin she's a 10 his name's john burner john burner the politician is there a politician named john burner? that's his first name john burner i thought isn't that a kind of a like, it's kind of cool. bernard burner b-u-r-n-e-r john burner's his first name john burner I don't know how he got that name, but it's interesting. 
2021. All right, let's get to the phone. So we're talking with Scott. Uh, Scott, welcome to All Worth Money Matters. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I really appreciate it. Yeah, glad you joined us. Yeah, so uh, so I, I don't think this will be too complicated for y'all, but was hoping to just kind of quickly run my financial situation Perfect. by you and, and get your reaction if that's all right. Sure. Yes. How old are you? Uh, 32. I'm one of the young Scott. Oh, you're 32. You threw this whole, this, this, my argument just thrown <laughs> out the window. Are you married? Don't, by the way, your listeners don't discount everything else that I've said because that stuff is accurate. Maybe I was interacting. <laughs> and are you married? I am. My wife's 33. We're both attorneys living in California. Got it. How many kids? Uh, one, 18 months old. Okay. Fire away. Um, yeah, so our combined annual income is about 375. Um, as far as assets, currently we've got about 430,000 in 401ks and backdoor Roth um, IRAs, all equity, low cost index funds. How in the um, world did you save? Because <laughs> he's good at this. Yeah, but I mean, to get through law, law school, I mean, you've got a lot saved already for your age. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, those, those big law firms make you work really hard, but they, they do compensate you for it. That's I right. know, but this is money in your 401k. It takes some time. to Anyway. You're asking attorneys how they make so much money, Scott? No, 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 do no. Do we no. not employ some attorneys? No, I understand. I, <laughs> I'm having lunch with an attorney after this show today. <laughs> okay, keep going, Scott. Scott, the lawyer. So, no, yeah, I'm just saying lawyer, that for uh, even, the, even, I don't care how much money you make. To have this much in your 401k at 32 and 33 is pretty good. He's done well. Okay, Scott, the, uh, Scott, the attorney. Thank you. Um, yeah, our it's allocation is about 70-30 U.S. versus international, all, all equity. Um, we've also got about 150000 in various real estate investments. Um, we own a house that we owe 560 on. That's worth probably about a million. Um, and our plan is to continue maxing out our 401ks pre-tax. Um, my wife technically has a 457 because she works for the county, um, and then contributing 12,000 a year, 6,000 each to backdoor Roth IRAs because uh-huh. we're uh, capped out of directly contributing to Roth IRAs. And your wife's doing um, both the 401k and the 457. But no, she's she's doing a 457. I'm doing a 401k. But she but she has an uh, she may have the opportunity to fund both the 401k and yeah, the 457. She might not want to. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, if I they offer of both, she could fund both. Okay. I'll have to look into that then. Um, and then my current employer also, uh, as of this year, offers a, a mega backdoor Roth 401k, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. So yep. I'm planning to yes. max that out for as long as I'm here and would probably do the same with any future employers who offer that. Yes. Um, yes. That it's option. a non-deductible. You make up the way past the normal limits, the non-deductible, and then you transfer to it. But Scott, Scott, the attorney, yep. can you hold one second while I talk to Scott, uh, the financial advisor? Scott, <laughs> you poo-pooed my idea of funding the 457, and then you said yes to the mega backdoor. Why? He lives in the state of California. Why wouldn't you do the 457? On a Roth you, basis, if Roth was the way to go. I, I, look, yeah, but if you were to, let's just say he had both options available to him. So for the rest of the listeners, in some municipalities, they have what's called a 457, which is technically a deferred compensation plan, and a 401k, which is a qualified retirement plan. They're not the same things. So the tax code allows you to fund both of them to the maximum um, as long as you don't go over a dollar limit. So 
I suggested that she look at the 457. Okay, I I retract my quick answer. Okay. I would not do a pre-tax con- uh, contribution into the 457. You wouldn't. Why? Because Scott and his wife are in their early 30s. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling their income is going to be much greater 10, 20 years from now okay. than it is today. But they live in the state of California. Well, that's why we're having going to have this conversation with them. Okay, that's why thank he called you. the show. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry to involve you in our argument, Scott, the attorney. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, I mean, the re- our rationale behind the pre-tax uh, contributions is just, you know, hopefully by the time we retire, we're at a lower tax bracket than we're at right now. That's not going to happen. Um, you don't, unless you plan on moving to a different state. Do you plan on moving to a different state in retirement? Now, you're a long ways away. Hard question to ask. And who knows? I mean, Nevada recently, Nevada's a zero tax day. They recently uh, voted, um, governor signed a bill that allowed for uh, the unionization of of government employees. So the income tax is probably coming there. 30 years from now, 40 years from now, who knows what the rest of the states are going to look like tax But. But but California is the highest correct in, in the nation right now. Would you expect it to be the highest in the nation relative to the other yes. states thirty years from now? Scott, tell us what you're. I wasn't even asking question. We were just arguing. <laughs> okay, so what's your question yes. for us? You know, we, part of this. You know what the interesting thing is. So we we the right answer will be known sometime in the future. Right now, it's really about probabilities of outcome. We're trying to do that. What's the highest probability of success? That, that's what this whole thing's about, right? And mm-hmm. it's based upon us trying to determine what future tax rates could or couldn't be. Yeah. So because what, if we knew tax rates were going to be stagnant, the planning would be very simple. So, the, so the, you're talking about the backdoor Roth for the overfunded 401k, and then you sweep it into a Roth. So we understand that. And you called it a mega Roth. There's a thousand different names. What's your question for us? And, and what else do we know? I assume you're funding your 18-month-old child's 529 plan because you've done everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Okay. <laughs> what and kind I, of law do you practice? Uh, corporate law. I was at a big law firm for a while and then just went in-house. Um, oh, company oh. here in California. All right, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, two kind of broad questions, I guess. Um, one, anything you, you do differently. Um, and then two, anything additional you'd consider doing if, if you were in my shoes. Today. If I were, so if I, right now you're, for the, the maximum tax rates for California is at 13.3% when your income is higher than it is today. But you're still at about, I think you're at 9.3% right now of your California tax. Mm. For federal... Um, for for married uh, couples, when your income is be, tax blend comes between three, roughly three and a quarter and four fifteen, the tax rate's thirty two percent. At four fifteen and above, it goes to thirty five percent. At six twenty five, it goes to thirty seven percent. Now there's talk that the tax rates might go up this year. Maybe they will. Maybe uh-huh. they won't. Um, you, you, I mean, you're clearly the target for those because you got the high income. That's who pays the taxes. We don't know what future tax rates are going to be. We don't know if 20, 30 years from now, income tax rates are going to be lower and there's going to be a value-added tax. Right? A lot of European countries, that's what the tax rates, tax burden's not quite as high, actually, for the wealthy, and it's, there's more value-added tax. That could be a possibility. Um, 
if I were your your situation, I would probably put half of my retirement contributions into pre-tax and half of my retirement contributions into Roth. So we have half right and half wrong, no matter what happens. That that's, that, that's right. Well, I, t- I mean, but 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 Scott, so he's got this super funded because he's working for a small firm, or, or he's working for a firm where you can under overfund. Um, and a non-deductible contribution. And a non-deductible contribution and push it into a Roth. So the argument that Scott and I had where he poo-pooed my idea about the 457 with almost no respect to the idea whatsoever. <laughs> it wasn't disrespect of you personally. I know, but you were right. There are times when but, that is appropriate. <laughs> but you were right. You were right. I agree with you. So you want to super fund your 401k and then sw- sweep it into a Roth before you use your wife's 457 plan. Or, but I would do. What would you do? There's, we don't know the answer. The answer is in the future. Well, I I don't know if I would. Yeah, I'd probably go. For- one. I mean, one simple argument, Scott, is that the 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 the, down, the the thing that no one talks about on the pre-tax. They talk about you get the tax deduction. What do people do with that tax deduction? Most people spend it. If you were to take that tax deduction and invest it, all right. Then we'll be better. The, the more you have in Roth down the, the road, the better off you're going to be. If you get retirement, you got a million dollars in Roth. You understand the, the math. But we also don't know, is there going to be an excise tax in the future on excess Roth withdrawals? I mean, there used to be an excise tax on, on withdrawals from 401ks above 750000 But they call them 415 limits or something There's, like that's that? That's another one. But there was a, it was called an excise tax. Yeah, I remember. It got that. repealed back in like a ninety two or ninety three. We don't know any of this. So what all Scott's saying is diversify your portfolio, diversify your tax Just strategy diversify your at your tax level strategy. at your level of income. That's what I would mm-hmm. do. So you, so you consider maybe for my wife's four fifty seven having that on a post tax basis. Yeah, it doesn't matter where it comes out. I mean, mm-hmm. either your four hundred one k. It's actually probably. I mean, if you get to retirement, you got ten million bucks in your Roth. There's no guarantee that the future Congress is going to honor what. Congress set up yeah. 20 years prior to today. You mean yeah. like them changing estate taxes? All kinds of things. They change all kinds of things. So it might be easier if your wife has a 457 and 401k rather than using your employer plan is just to split it over there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, you, I get, you get it. You get it. You, math, you understand yeah. the math. Just do it the <laughs> easiest way to do it when it comes out of the income. Yep. Makes sense. Okay. Right. Um, and then, sorry, one last quick question. Um, I think I mentioned I work for a public company and I have some equity investing later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as a general principle, I don't really like the idea of investing in individual stocks. Um, and I think I've heard you tell other people in this kind of scenario to sell half and keep half. That way you're, you're always half right and half wrong. I, I <laughs> well, that's not... the same advice. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. How, much, how much money do you think, how much in the money will it be? Or how much money... How much in the money do you have in it now? When it vests next uh, late this year, it'll be worth you know with today's stock price about one hundred and twenty grand. And the vesting, you selling any portion of it doesn't uh, negate any of your participation in the future. That's correct. That's right. Are you giving I any money? Are you giving any money to charities? Uh, yeah. You can gift that stock, appreciated stock, so that you don't incur a capital gain. Even if it's five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, that's the first thing I would use. Is I'd use a charitable gift fund. You're, mm-hmm. But you're not the normal American. Yeah, forget about that fifty percent thing. I mean, there are times when we don't know what to do. So if you if you're down the middle, you're half right. And it's like a lot. Look, don't discount psychology when it comes to investing. 
because that's your biggest yeah. enemy, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be in necessarily a rush to sell if you're if you're working for a good company. It you've got you've got great savings going on. You might choose to to let that stock run for a while and even have it a bit overweighted. Your chief legal counsel at a company. I mean, you've got. Uh, he didn't say chief legal right, well, counsel. Well, uh, that's his, that's where he's heading. <laughs> he, he he. There's a good chance you'll be in that suite Somewhere. soon. You've you got are 32. Imp- you're you're crushing it. <laughs> you've got an imp- you, you're, you're able to have some impact on the company, and you kind of see what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to sell. I don't know. Without- I, I would use it on the charitable thing first, and then uh, look at it on a year to year basis after that. All righty. Okay. Hey, keep up the great work. Yeah, and then can I have you talk with my two oldest kids? <laughs> 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 and show them what a career path can look like. <laughs> but dress, dress casually <laughs> when you're talking to them. I appreciate it, Scott. Oh, thanks, Scott I'm kind of kidding. It's a Your kids <laughs> never listen to this show. No, gosh, no. My my kid. I don't think my kids do, but their friends do. Oh, I'm sure some of my kids. I'm sure every once in a while they'll get something gets yeah. back to them. Yeah, they both. I mean, come on. <laughs> they'll listen to me when I'm in person. Do you think they're going to listen to a podcast? Yeah, I'm an old man. What do I know? It's different this day and age. What's the rush to get your career going? What's the nice thing is we can there talk. Is a, there is a balance between all that. We can talk about our family all we want because they won't listen. <laughs> Wife, kids. <laughs> yeah, all right. We're going to take a, a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will continue on with some of your calls, which we thoroughly enjoy. This is All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of All Worth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to All Worth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Hey, before we go back to the calls, want to let you all know that we are scheduling a two-hour in-studio time frame to just take your calls because we record our program in advance. We do we, we broadcast on the weekends on Terrestrial Radio. For two decades, we did live live programs on both Saturdays and on Sundays. Um, and finally, after a number of years doing this, like we love doing this, but when it's the middle of the weekend, um, we said we need to figure out another way. So we start. We got to the point where we start. We we, we do our program. We record our program midweek, which means that typically we will schedule a time to have a caller. Someone wants to be part of the program. We'll schedule a time for them to call. Um, which we've got coming up on May 26th, but we're also, whether it's, whether you schedule something or you just call in during that time, we are going to be in studio for two hours, just taking calls on all your financial questions. Wednesday, May 26th from 3.30 to 5.30 PM Pacific time. Okay. So that's 6.30 to 8.30. We're going to do the math for everyone. Not everyone is good with math, Pat, as you know. All right, go to your Google machine and type in what is the time my time zone if it's 3.30 Pacific time. 3.30 to 5.30 Pacific time, May 26th, Wednesday, May 26th. And you just simply call the number that we always 
broadcast here, which is 833-99-WORTH. Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And we'll look forward to that. And we'll answer questions about Roth IRAs. Should you refinance your mortgage? Pay down your mortgage? Do you have enough money for retirement? How do I lower my taxes? Should I buy this big old fat life insurance policy that my agent is trying to sell me? We answer those questions. Yes. Should I buy a new motorhome? Yes. Amazing what's happened in the secondary market and used. By the way, the, I think motorhomes, because motorhomes, you can buy a brand new one or you can buy used ones, but just see what's happening inflationary, uh, the inflationary pre- pressures oh on the uh, used car, 10% one month. Unbelievable. I, a friend of mine told me he, had a, he has a boat. He brought his boat in for service. His boat was like five years old. The dealer offered him to pay more, to, try, offered to buy it for him for more than he paid for the boat five years prior. Yes. Five-year-old boat. He, he was like, I'll pay you more for it now. Crazy. Crazy. Look, let's talk. Can we spend a minute talking about inflation? We're going to take these calls. We'll take Steve. And then we're going to talk about inflation. And then we'll go back to the calls. Let's t- <laughs> we're talking with Steve. Uh, Steve, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Oh, yes, hi. Um, this has to do with Medicare, Social Security, income rules. In other words, I'm retiring at the end of the month. I turned 65. I can't believe it, but months from now. And so the employer that I started at 20 years ago, they stopped having pension right, at the, right when I started, basically. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the pension of $259 a month and um, or you can get a lump sum of like 61000 So, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, because I think some call is trying to come in here. But the, um, so I'm thinking of taking a lump sum uh, so I don't worry about uh, how many years I live and all that. And uh, so my wife passed away beginning of this year. Oh, like, sorry, jeez. It's like 20 days from diagnosis to uh, oh good! Oh gosh, I'm sorry. And, and you retire when? Uh, the end of this month. Okay. And one reason I'm doing, I can, I kind of, you know, she was proud that she had, a, you know, Social Security benefit, so I can get a survivor benefit mm-hmm. started. Um, and then, you know, late next year or something, sometime in the future, switch to my benefit. But the pension, if you take a, uh, if you take a pension uh, lump sum. Uh, Technically, you could say, well, that would put me over. There's an there's an eighty eight thousand dollar. Oh, the lump the lump sum would be rolled to an IRA, so it wouldn't show up as income. Yeah, so it's non taxable. Right. Okay. That's that's the only yeah, t- you can you can avoid the taxes, and you only pay taxes when you spend it. Yeah. When when you take the money out. So the rest of the financial situation, you wouldn't go on the survivor benefits, and you'd probably stay on it until at least seventy, based upon the rules at that point in time, depending upon what her income would be in Social Security versus your income. What other assets are there, Steve? Um, like a 401k and uh, some uh, equitable uh, IRAs already. Like and uh, so, actually, Mint.com. I have everything going in there, mm-hmm. and it counts by condo and car. They say net worth basically like a half a million dollars, and this is for a guy who's, who's my income not, has not been very high, really. Yeah, <laughs> and um, do you owe on the condo or are you renting? Yeah, oh, I paid for it all. You know, I just. Oh, I own it. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And you're uh, with the Social Security, the survivors' benefit, Social Security coming in. How much of of uh, is that going to cover your expenses? About half. So, um, 
other thing is I have, besides the half a million thing, um, I have a trust. Like, I was one of four sons of a father who had more than we realized. So I have a trust, um, almost the same amount. That as, you know, so basically, the total of them together is almost a million dollars. And they have agreed, at, le- uh, at least until I can switch to my higher Social Security benefit, to send me like, like 1200 a month out of that. And you said they agreed, the trustee of the trust? Trustee, right, right. And is the trustee managed by a a family member or a institution? Yeah, a bank, you know, bank and trust company. And and there's just some person there who wears a tie that makes decisions on your your income? Right. Yeah, he's been pretty good. I mean, but generally, uh, there's only been like a couple times when I said, let me, I need to get something out of there. Uh, but you have to, yeah, you have to request it. You're not really in control of it. Well, uh, you may or may not be. Have you have you actually read uh, the restrictions on the trust? I mean, itself? it seems to me that that's a that's a slightly less than a three percent distribution rate. You should be able to have that every year and have it grow with inflation. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you, yeah, they have been sending like a uh, well, of course, with the RMD. You know, there's because there's part of it's like a fourth of it is an, is the IRA, right? Uh-huh. So RMD out of that. And they uh, and there's like I there's like a small interest amount that they, that comes in each month. Well, you can account. so there's a couple things. Just to make your life easy, first of all, you, you could you could stand for a little bit of financial planning. But first of all, you want to start the survivor benefit on Social Security as soon as possible after you retire. After you retire, that lump sum pension lump sum have that go to an IRA. It won't be taxable at all. And. And then figure out what the distributions. So you mentioned a 401k, an equitable, which I assume either is a mutual fund or an annuity. It could be inside an IRA or outside an IRA. Um, You want to combine all of those assets into a single IRA and or brokerage account and then start a monthly distribution. Then you want to go back to this trust that your father has left you and that your parents have left you. And look to see what the restrictions on taking money of that out. And then I would start an automatic. I'd have, if, you, if you're not qualified to read it, I'd have a financial advisor or tax preparer, someone read it and explain the provisions in the trust. And then I'd start a monthly My distribution. Guess, I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, if, if the trust is designed that they want the, roughly the principal to remain intact, to go to the grandkids or whatever, that you should still be able to have, I would think, at least a three or four percent distribution. I mean, private foundations are required to distribute five percent each year. And what you said wow. was there was about a half a million dollars in in that in that trust. I mean, that it might parents, be a couple grand a month you could get out of that's it. That's right. So if it was a four percent distribution, you're do you have get, kids. Steve, do you have do you have children? No, no. Okay. Well, that one I mean, might be even more than that. Actually, it would make sense. So so you need to go, but you've got a bunch of different uh, decisions you need to make. The question- The biggest, we, the biggest thing for me is this trust. That, that's, the that's, trust was left for your benefit. That's, that's right. And you should start, I would actually, I would press to actually not take money out of my IRAs or Correct. as much and do a larger distribution Correct. out of this trust as possible. It doesn't matter yeah. what the taxable interest is in there. It doesn't matter what the dividends pay. It, you should be able to set up a distribution based upon a percentage of the trust assets, realizing that some years the trust is going to earn more than distributed, some years it's going to earn less. But you have to read the provisions of the trust. So this is, so Steve, That's you would, you would be um, well-advised 
to actually hire a good financial advisor to actually walk you through these steps. Because the funny thing is, you called to ask about the Medicare surcharge on an $80,000 rollover to an IRA. Right. And but you have you have so many more questions. And by the way, based upon what you've shared with us so far, you will live comfortably in retirement if you do this right. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. you may live actually even more comfortably in retirement than you did working. And that's these trust dollars aren't weren't they kind of designed for this stage in life? That's what they're for. Right. You're sixty five. Yeah. Your retirement age. You're recently widowed. Like, if I yeah. imagine your father's intention was to help at this kind of stage in life. Yeah, the main ramification was uh, that um, if I went, if I passed away before my wife, it would have, that whole trust thing would have gone away from her to the other sons or nephews. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, that's not yeah, atypical, yeah. right? And but if you pass weird. away, the, the remainder is probably going to go to the sons and yeah. the yeah, nephews as well. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's why you want to dig into that. And you want to push on them. You don't want to have yeah. to call them every time you need a couple thousand no, no, bucks. No, 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 You tell them how it's going to be. They work for you. Well, they work for you and so you're a the trust. But you're a beneficiary yeah. of the trust. I was the only son that had to have it, that, that he made it, that it was a trust. And that was because uh, I realized what it was. He, my father wanted to make sure that my wife's family didn't end up with the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's not uncommon planning in, at all. That is not uncom- uncommon planning at all. Yep. I've got things structured in my own trust, should I die today, that would have that similar protection. Uh, as do I. <laughs> as do I. Yeah. I may have seen enough situations um, where well, marriages aren't always totally healthy. <laughs> um, so, so you just need a good advisor. Mm, yeah. No, she was great. I mean, she was, she was like a, you know, innocent princess compared to the rest of her family well listen yeah. look look <laughs> right okay <laughs> every, not, i didn't mean to have a i wasn't reflecting to your wife i understand case. but everyone out there listening to the show has family yeah. so everyone's like kind of shaking yeah. their head <laughs> either yes or no so i appreciate the call Steve. yeah good I'm glad you called and it's probably funny when you i'm not going to get into family stuff because uh, i'm not going to let's uh talk with anitha anitha you're with all worth's money matters yes um I have a question, and I was trying to see uh, if you can help me decide. Um, I am 50, and my spouse is 57, and I'm trying to see if I can retire at the age of 56, which is six years from now. And I was trying to see if you can help me decide. All right. And tell us about your financial situation. Yeah, so um, both of us are working, and uh, I have one kid in college, and one hopefully will make it to college. So between the coming six years, I'm hoping to um, support the um, kids' college funding. So there is not much of income that will be going into 401k or anything uh, that I foresee from now until I try to retire in 56 with parents. support and things like that when when you but say overall, you re- i'm sorry you said when you retire yeah. are, are both you and your spouse going to retire or just you just myself okay. he'll be working until 60 when he until he turns 67 but i'm trying to see if i can retire at the okay. age of 56 thank you yeah so um uh, between the two of us for on k wise we have about uh 250k invested in 401k accounts and maybe about 50K in Roth IRA. 
Um, we do have a mortgage um, that is 80% paid so far. I'm sorry, 80% remaining so far and 20% paid. So um, given what, the situation... What do you owe on the mortgage? Uh, around 400K and it's in California. So, it. um, and what's your income and what's your husband's income? Uh, total put together around uh, 210 k now, now, what's your income versus your husband's income? Oh, um, 90 minus 90, and this is around 120. I'm sorry, 120, yes. Yeah. And, and is there going to be any sort of pension? Um, f- probably mine. If I work the six years, I will get some sort of uh, pension, um, maybe about $1,000 a um year but that'll be i mean a thousand dollars a month that would be only after 65 though and do you work for a state or municipality i work for the uh, university of california okay so you work for uh a, a division of the state of california yeah you're you're I, I i think you're wrong on your pension how long have you worked at the state of the university Just four years so yeah. you have right 10 now. years yeah, still, she just started. Yeah, just yeah. In time. ten years, yeah, in ten years, I, I'm hoping I'll make about a thousand dollars a month. It, it, it so understand that, but but um, you know, let me just kind of. I'm going to be real, real blunt here. The the reality is, you have about eighteen months of your income in retirement savings. You're not going to retire at okay. age fifty six. Oh, you'll be lucky to retire at sixty. Oh, okay. Okay, that's I mean, what I mean, if you to told be. me your family mm-hmm. income was $70,000, then I'm like, okay, you've done okay mm-hmm. saving. But your income is 210000 You just told us you're not going to be able to afford to save for retirement when you're paying for your kids' college expenses. And yeah. that you owe, owe $400,000 on your mortgage. If you want to retire one okay. day, then now's the time. Right? I mean, the, the reality is you guys didn't take this seriously enough the previous decades. Right. And if you, right. if you want to get serious about it, you can. It's not too late. You're not 65. You're 50. But mm-hmm. it takes some serious planning. You guys would need to figure out what it's going to take and then make some sacrifices. If not, you're going to find yourself in your old age without an, with, with a change in your lifestyle. It, so it, at the rate you're okay. going right now, not saving for the next six years towards your retirement plan or your husband's mm-hmm. retirement plan, you, neither one of you will probably be able to retire in 10 years. Forget just you. Oh, wow. He okay. won't retire at 67 oh, okay. either. So I know that's not the news you okay. wanted to hear, but yes, the question. Well, you got 300000 mm-hmm. savings. If you're not contributing, best case scenario is worth 600000 a decade from now, and which then, is three years worth of your And then once income. you pay the taxes, uh, the money coming out, it's it's even worse. Okay. So you got some work yeah, to we do. do. Okay. Yeah, we do have at least ten percent of my income going into four hundred one k, but I cannot. Inc- I don't foresee myself increasing that with the college okay. um, and support okay. with parents. So, so I think it, what would be helpful for you is to at least uh-huh. you know, go through some financial planning to see what, if your current path, what does this mean to you, and if you're going to have okay. a time of ultimate retirement, what things do you need to do to make that that happen? All righty. Appreciate okay. the call. All yeah. right. All right. Thanks. Yeah, wish you well, Anitha. Uh, before we take this next call, Pat, you mentioned inflation. What inflation? I don't see any inflation. <laughs> My. No, I didn't, I didn't notice that uh, the salad I used to pay eleven ninety nine for is now fifteen ninety nine. So at this little coffee shop that I like to get salad to go periodically. Wait, so 
we're didn't see that. I didn't notice that the gas pump when I paid four dollars fifty by, cents a gallon, four forty nine to get I, fill up my tank. I was driving by this little pancake shop the other day, and it had this huge... Pancakes are expensive, so that's... Those ingredients. Look at what your cost of goods sold there, right? (laughs) And they had this huge sign out front that said $500 signing bonus for a line cook. And I thought to myself... Oh, my gosh. $500 signing bonus for line... Then I read an article where actually they're paying these fast food chains, are paying people to come in for interviews. They're paying you to come into the interview so they could talk you in to taking a job. And so you look at this and you're like, what is causing? And I live it. I have four children, right? One of them is not working right now. Two of them are are not working. One of them has got an unpaid internship for college, but it's the unemployment benefits. My own family. Now, the president said that it wasn't the unemployment benefits. So, we can't get political on this guy, but it I'm is still, political. It is political, isn't it? And I got to be, you know, like, I, I am. If you're, if if you're a legislature, you got to be honest with yourself here for a moment. You know, the party pushed you here, but this is not helpful. And we've seen a number of states now say they're not going to take the federal unemployment. That's right. There's like half. There's fifteen or so states. You're not helping. It won't be the coastal states. It, well, when the California came and, out, they're giving more money to people. But So this is inflationary. California, the state with the highest income, actually, I think, I didn't watch, didn't, uh, Hawaii just passed California. Oh, congratulations. California has a $100 billion surplus. Why? Because the stock market was on fire last year. A lot of tech companies, the ones that are leaving, by the way. And the federal government gave money. And the federal government gave money. But $100 billion is not that much relative to the- A $200 billion, uh, well, it's quite a big surplus. No, 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 not relative to the hole in the pensions. You don't hear any talk about that going there, do you? <laughs> right. No. It's, the fact is, the stimulus, you keep throwing more money, both the Fed with low interest rates, their bond purchasing program, they're buying billions of dollars of bonds. Look, right? And we've seen the, this before. We're just flooded with cash. We and now let's, let's throw more money- we have supply demand, Econ 101. Look, so we have seen this. this the first week in econ class. We've seen this before because of federal stimulus and bailouts. And so where have we seen it before? We saw it in the cost of college. What caused this incredible cost of college just to spike? The inflation was out of control. What caused that? Well, the perce- perception of free money. And it could be turn out to be free, but it was the ease of getting student loans and federal aid that caused inflation. We've These seen kids, this. No, no, kids getting out of college. They didn't shop based on price. Or, or what's what, the best school I can get into? Oh, I just sign here. What? Yeah. Oh, or what, what's the best degree to pay this back? No right? one that either. Can I actually right? get a job in this degree? So we've seen this. Anytime you have too much money chasing an asset, and it happens to be at this point in time, labor. It's going to be inflationary in that particular sector. This time, it's the economy. Well, and we also have the, the supply uh, the, chain disruption. It's broken. It's going to take a long, long time to catch up. My guess is we'll see spikes in inflation followed by a lag at some time in the future. But we could still be very easily be building into some underlying inflation that's not going not to go away. We're not going to see 6 or 10%. Ongoing indefinitely, but we certainly could. We certainly could see spikes of five or six percent. 
Well, f- car prices, used car prices yep. went up 10%. 10%. Look at home prices. Out of control. Anyway. It's bizarre. But be prepared for Look, particularly if you're going into retirement, that's the killer, retirement age. Inflation is not a good thing. When you're young, have a big mortgage, bring it on. Who cares? Yeah, it actually makes it better for yeah. you. Particularly the bigger the mortgage you have. But we are out of time. Uh, just one reminder, on Wednesday, May 26th, 3.30 to 5.30, we are in the studio answering questions. The number at that time, 833-999-6784. And go to allworthfinancial.com to have some great tools and stuff. And we'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.